everybody. Welcome to Self-Evident Podcast. You got your boy Mass Dog in the house and a very special guest who I consider is a hero to me. Uh, helps me keep my life going. And she's the most beautiful woman I know. Right to my right, Carrie Ann Campos, everyone. She is joining me Yo. for this podcast because this is a special series on what uh, we can do to be the majority. What is one, What can one person do? And so this is a big message of ours. I think it's one of the messages I love to do the most when I travel and speak is what can one person do? And so we're doing a complete series on what you can do for your community, your city, your state, your country, all those things. And so we've got a very special guest today. But before we get into that, if you guys want to log on to theselfevidenttruth.com, theselfevidenttruth.com, you guys can find out tons more information on what we're doing and what you do, you can uh, to you get you to buy. You can do to be a part of this. <laughs> can we start over? Can we get a redo? <laughs> no, this is live. We can't do that. <laughs> okay. Yes, you can also go to seventeen seventy six truth store <laughs> and has our highly fashionable merchandise. <laughs> you, this shirt yeah, right this here. This is actually our most popular one. It we is sold very out popular. at our last it's convention very, that we did. Very popular, and it's funny because like a lot of what we do. When we go out and speak is we hit a ton of different topics. Obviously, you guys know if you've ever heard us, if you have not, please consider booking us. We'd love to go out to, to where you're at uh, to go reach the masses. We love the gospel and we're out to reach, uh, reach uh, the masses and people who do not know Christ. Uh, the whole point of this is to turn them to Jesus and to make them understand and make them right. disciples of all nations. When that's done, how do we become society people? Right. Because we're kingdom builders. But then all of a sudden we got this world that we live in. And how do we become an influential person in the kingdom? So uh, just to let you guys know, that's why the series is here. But we are excited, man. We yeah. got go ahead. I was just going to say we started this series because I mean, how long have we been going on Oof. seven years now? Yeah, seven years. And even before that, you know, you we worked with another organization. Yeah. But we the constant reoccurring thing that we would hear after an event after Massey would speak was. Okay, great. But what do I do? <laughs> how do I affect change in my community? How do I, I mean, like, I'm my just community. a Joe Schmo. How am I going <laughs> to, thank you for the, the commentary. Um, how do I affect change in Washington? I'm just like Joe Schmo. What do I do? And so that's why we started this series. Massey developed a new yep. message here for 2021 called you are the majority. That's right. And talking about how we can, we as Average citizens can get involved and affect change. So there you go. That's why we started this series. Yeah. And so we're, like I said, we're going to have different guests coming on. Um, we got different ones already lined up. We're going to have some state representatives, former state representatives as well. But today, today. I am, no, no, no. Like y'all got to know when, when, when I'm talking about this next person, you want to talk about, like, I know people get inspired by the messages we do mm -hmm. because of the gospel and the spirit of God and all that stuff. But when you meet people that inspire you, uh, th as I go out and do, I'm so excited that in her state, mm -hmm. they're literally reaching not only just whites and, and all these other, they're reaching Hispanics, they're mm -hmm. reaching uh, different classes of people and stuff like that. So it's like, and, and I'm not one of those guys, I'm, I'm just an American, I'm not a Mexican American, you guys know, if you guys have listened to us before, it's not about that. But what I'm saying is, when you're going across the aisle and going out and reaching people and doing it effectively, but also doing it articulately, uh, it's an inspiration. Yeah. This woman has never stopped her and her husband uh, and her family. And these guys are just pushing through. So we're excited to announce who she is. This is Julie McCarty. She founded the uh, Northeast uh, uh, Tea Party in 2009 and quickly became mo the most influential, active and recognized Tea Party in Texas. From replacing all the state house representatives in the area with conservatives to suing the IRS and winning to oh. hosting one day events and raising a half million dollars for conservative candidates. Julie and this group are loved and hated by many. True. We know that firsthand. Julie has a reputation for telling it like it is with a no holds barred uh, uh, kind of movement. That's kind of how she 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 operates. Uh, and so she's bringing uh, 
She's been bringing tons of activists a month for 10 years now. In 2019, the group rebranded to True, True Texas Project, re, uh, reflecting an expanded vision and reach. In fact, Julie and her team, with their new name and new vision, are expanding the organization and the creation, with the creation of satellite locations across the state of Texas. When not leading the group into the next decade, Julie spends her time homeschooling. This is crazy, right? Running a real estate investment business with her husband. I mean, so we all like, oh, I don't have enough time. Such a boring life. Yeah, right, right. So everybody, welcome. Julie, Julie McCarty. True Texas Project. Julie McCarty, how are you, girl? Hey, it is so great to be with you guys. You have so much energy. I just love hanging with you. (laughs) Hey, it never stops. I'm the same guy there as I'm here and and all that stuff, right? That's Uh, what makes you awesome. Oh, thank you. I like, And I mean every word I say. When I look at your posts, when I look at what you guys are doing, the activism y'all have created, um, first off, the name that you're creating and making for yourselves without the, the, the looting, without the rioting, without the, do you know what I'm saying? We're doing it articulately here. Uh, and, and kind of, I think the best thing you did, and this isn't a cap on the tea party per se, but to move away from that, rebrand it and say, no, 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 we're, we're a group of conservatives who want to reach the nation and, and reach the state, right? Um, sure. Julie, I got a ton of questions for you and I won't take up a lot of your time because I know you're busy. I mean, homeschooling investments, whatever. Uh, it is what it is, but Julie, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself more than what I just said here? Well, that's a, a lot that you just shared, but, um, mostly, um, I, you know, I heard what you were saying in your introduction about what can I do? What can I do? And I think that the biggest thing I want people to know about me is that I am nobody. Like I had no political experience. I had no experience running an organization or anything like that. And and here I am now running the biggest group in Texas. So it's just somebody that will step up and say, Hey, I have time and I'm passionate about my country and my state and I'll do this. And so that's me in a nutshell. I mean, like if you have no passion, what are you doing with your life? Ooh, come on. That's exactly it. If you haven't found a reason to die, you haven't found a reason to live. That's really the, 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 the thing here. So guys, be sure you share this video. Be sure you give it a thumbs up, get it out to your friends. Julie, I got it. Like I said, a ton of questions. I don't know if Carrie's got any off the bat, but I'm going to ask you why. The first question is why? And there's a reason I'm asking you that question because most people think you're like on the outside for us. I know when we started self-evident, people thought we were crazy. Christians Mm -hmm. were condemning us for starting self-evident because we were just two of us. We have three kids, no income. We had nothing when we started. And I just knew this is what we were supposed to do. Uh, And you know what? I'm a Hispanic kid. Like my, I grew up, uh, my ethnic, I'm ethnically Hispanic. My parents came from Mexico and I thought I was never taught any of this stuff. You know what I mean? Nobody ever taught me about politics or or the government or the law constitution, nothing. So I thought, why can't I go reach kids with this message? And so why did you start this whole thing? What was it about Texas or, or whatever was going on? I really, I just had a strong sense of right and wrong of justice and injustice. And like I said, I didn't know a lot about politics, but when Santelli gave his little rant on the floor of the, whatever the Wall Street, you know, where they trade, uh, you know, it resonated with me. It resonated with Americans across the country that somebody has to do something and it's gonna have to be me. I mean, I had a, a daughter that was one at the time and what am I supposed to leave to her? Like what world is she gonna live in? And honestly, I could walk away from this in a heartbeat if it wasn't for my daughter. I would be like, you know what? You guys screwed up the country. You live with the consequences. I'm out. But I have a daughter. And, you know, I, 
you know, I say that I can walk away, but I, I will also say that I, I know I'm called to this. I know God has gifted me. I know he's blessed every step we've taken. He's blessed. And when he says back out, I'll back out. But honestly, it's my daughter that keeps me going. So that's that whole Thomas Paine quote. And he said, if there's trouble, let it be in my day so that my child. May yes. Have yeah. it's, yes. It's this idea. And then he said after that, uh, don't let them be ashamed of us. Basically, don't let our kids be ashamed of what we didn't do. Um, one of the things that a lot of people ask, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people say, well, I didn't do it. Neither did I, neither did you, but who's going to fix it if we don't? Yeah. You know? It's on our watch. It's Amen. on our watch. There you go. And I think a lot of the times with most conservatives, and I'm just going to go with the conservative thing because gosh, Republicans and Democrats both bother me. You know, there's just a lot of hypocrisy on both sides. Uh, I, I would dare say more on the Republican side because they say they stand. And there's one gentleman yes. sort of following from the state house from your guys is, oh my gosh, he is uh, kind of white hair, short. He seems shorter. I don't know his name, but I'll, I'll pull it up here in a minute. Okay. But one of the things that, that they always tell me, well, I didn't start it. And it's like, I get that. I understand that. But it is on my watch and I'm supposed to occupy till till he comes. And I'm mm -hmm. like, what else am I going to leave for these kids, which brings me to the next question, because a lot of people ask me, how, <laughs> how do I do this? You know, Facebook's a powerful tool. Uh, Instagram's a powerful tool, Twitter, all that stuff. How did you do this? I think, yes, Facebook is powerful. Social media, all that stuff is powerful, but it's all meaningless because we were made to have community. And what we have found through True Texas Project and previously Northeast Tarrant Tea Party is that the reason people will gather is because they want to know that other people think like them, that they're not alone. And so we will gather people just for a softball game or just like we're going on a float trip next month. Um, and we talk about politics and we all share that in common and we all want to save our state or our nation or whatever. But you want to talk about how you start relating to people you, and you get off of social media and you build a community. And, and it's not all on one person. It's not like I built True Tech. Oh, you know, I built True Texas Project. Let me tell you, I have not slept in 10 years, but it's not just me. It's a whole team. And so we have people that step up and say, hey, I can do this or I can do that. And they might seem like tiny things, but they're not tiny things. We have one guy that's been telling me for 10 years, 12 years, he's been doing our banking for us. And he's like, I really should step down. I'm not doing enough. You should get somebody in here that just has more time to give. And I'm like, I don't need somebody that has more time to give. I need somebody that I can trust that's doing our banking faithfully <laughs> day in and day out. Yeah. And, and that takes it off my plate. Can I just speak to something? Because you said something in there. You said, I haven't slept in 10 years. Okay. I just want to speak to that and have you kind of speak to that because we, you know, we've been going for six, seven years and uh, I'm like, okay, so we drove through the night from Ohio last week. So Massey could be home for church on Sunday morning or was it Missouri? Who knows? I can't remember. People look <laughs> at us and say, you guys are crazy. You can't do that. That's not like, this is, you have a life to live. You have kids, but nobody says anything about the Olympian that spends their entire life giving to be an Olympic athlete or the Navy SEAL. Nobody says anything yep. when they give their entire life to become a Navy SEAL. And so I just want to have you speak to that about sacrifice for our yeah. nation to see, because the reality is, is we've never, mm -hmm. we've never received any of our freedoms, any of our rights, God-given rights, because somebody chose that that was the hill that they were going to die on. And that was the hill that they were going to sacrifice for. So I just want you to speak to that. Do you hear that? Number one. And can you speak to the sacrifice of it all? Uh, I, I, I could preach that every day, all day, because 
for one thing, I, I am not the kind of person that doesn't want my life to count. So before I ever met my husband, I was praying. I want something that we do together that only the two of us can do together that will make a difference in this world. And here we are leading this group. But there's a sign I have in my office that I'll read to you. <laughs> it says, life was not meant to be a journey to the grave in a pretty and well-preserved body, but rather to skid in broadsided, thoroughly used up, totally worn out and loudly proclaiming, wow, what a ride. So if I don't sleep, I don't care if I have bags under my eyes. I don't care what if I get more wrinkles. Right now. I, I didn't hear what you said, but I mean, that that is my motto. That is, I will sleep when I am dead. And for now, we've got a job to do and God's given us marching orders and we're going to do it. Amen. I said I felt like shooting some guns off in the air. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, we serious. had fireworks at our big celebration last week. Really? So. <laughs> By the way, you guys put on a big old celebration out there just recently, didn't you? You had some really cool speakers and stuff like that. Am last I wrong night. about that? No, you're right. We were celebrating Texas independence when Texas won the, the final battle that gave us our independence from Mexico. We had fireworks. We had James O'Keefe from Project Veritas speak. So we had 500 people come out. It was a huge party. It was so much fun. Go ahead. Can you um tell us? Okay, so I know that Massey said that you started out as a Northeast Tarrant Tea Party and then rebranded in 2019 to True Texas Project, and it was one group. Can you tell us where you guys are at now? Because I know that you have like in 2020, I believe, or 2021, have just like God has expanded literally yes. borders. <laughs> and I love that you say that God did it because honestly, none of this is anything that I could ever have dreamed of. But you know, in 2019, it was our 10 year anniversary, and we knew that uh, the Tea Party name, you know, the media was very successful in tarnishing that name. We're all just good Christian patriotic people, um, but the media made us look like we're so far fringe, right? And and we're not. But so we wanted to get that out of our name. And then our name also included Northeast Tarrant County, whereas, you know, we were really all over the state already. We were always in the papers in Dallas and Fort Worth and Houston and San Antonio and Austin. So um, it didn't make sense to just call us Northeast Tarrant. So we changed our name to True Texas Project. And as soon as we did that, people came out of the woodwork. They're like, does that mean you're going to open in Dallas County? Does that mean you're going to open in Harris County? You know, all these places. And so we're like, well, I, I guess we can try it. And so we did. And now we've been opening one a month. We are we now have eight satellite locations. And by the end of the year, we'll have 15. Wow. <laughs> nice. Come on. Do you remember? Uh, I think it was a couple of years ago. I came over to speak and I prayed. Yeah, I think I prayed from the stage and I, and I prayed over you. I think it was. And I was like, man, I see this thing going all over the country. And I'm telling you, we're going to have a true Florida project. I know it. I know. It's you know what? I. I see that coming. I, I I didn't remember that you prayed that, but maybe you need to back off on those prayers just a bit <laughs> so we can breathe a little bit. No, no, no. But I get I get contacted every single day from um, Missouri, Kansas, Vermont, Illinois, Alabama. They're all contacting us, and they don't even want to take Texas out of the name. They want to be True Texas Project Alabama, True Texas Project Florida. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, I just know what it was, was. I remember because I still have the post that I saved it because I cried when you posted it because I'm a sissy like that sometimes. <laughs> but it was that you never had somebody pray for you on the stage. And I was like, I remember that when I did that, I just said, I just see this thing going all over the country. I see it in Florida. I see it. And I know that. And the reason is because like nobody has to reinvent the wheel. You've already invented it and you already have it going. Jeepers, all we got to do is just get some people ready to fire up and let's move this thing. You know what I mean? So there's no. Having yeah. to reinvent, I think you guys really have the right heart. Obviously, I don't think it. I know it. You have the right heart in doing what you're doing. Now you guys are going to, you know, I grew up in McAllen, the, near the McAllen I, area. And now you guys have one there, right? Like that's what's going on now? 
Yeah, May 17th, we launch in the RGV sector, the Rio Grande Valley. And I got to tell you, when we launch in different locations, we'll go in and we'll have a meeting with people that are kind of interested in helping us launch, being on leadership, whatever. And we'll meet with two or three people and then hope that people come along. When we went down to uh, Hidalgo County, we had 25 people show up just to be on leadership. And they're so excited. So we're really pumped about getting down there. In fact, we'll probably invite you to come speak. Why not? Okay, so I just speaking of that. Okay, so we have um, there is a group in Ohio called Patriot America, and they yep. just started here in February. And um, she was the lady who started at Candace Keller is responsible for the heartbeat bill getting passed through Ohio. Mm-hmm. And um, so she started. She's like, I just got fed up with like the general Tea Party movement where it's just focused on you know kind of boxed in. And she's like, and I wanted to get people involved locally and teach them how to run for office, city council, Ooh. school board. And she's like, and I just wanted to educate people on their, their rights, their state rights, their constitutional rights, all the things. And she said, so I started a group called Patriot America. I had my 84 year old grandmother in February putting together, or mother, um, putting together little constitution bags in her living room. And I was like, oh, I'll just put 50 together. And the first meeting, she had over 300 people show up. The second wow. meeting was like 600. And the third meeting was over a thousand people. Oh my gosh. Yeah. In Ohio? In Ohio. Oh, and she was like, I have never seen anything like this. And um, we have a friend here that she's working with closely, um, Ricky Pepin, who's traveling with her. And they're doing the same thing where they're opening up all these other chapters because people are just contacting them to Ricky. I feel bad because I'm dragging Ricky's like in her seventies. And um, she's like, I feel bad because I'm dragging Ricky all over Ohio for all these meetings that people are asking us. And she's Ricky said, I have been waiting my entire life for this movement (sighs) to open people's eyes. And I've never seen anything like it. And I'm wondering if you're seeing that too, where it's like literally because in 2008, when the tea party movement started, people got awake. But then what we've experienced in 2016, like Trump got elected and we're like, yeah, we'll go back to sleep. But now I just feel like there's there's a momentum that I have never seen before. And we've been doing this, I mean, for six years, but we've been involved since the early 2000s in, you know, in a group like this. Are you seeing? Absolutely. I've seen completely the same thing that it was it was exciting in 2009. Like I was in D.C. and there were two million, two million, two million people marching, you know, on on the Capitol. And it was powerful to have all those numbers and it was invigorating. But, yeah, they kind of, you know, as soon as you get a Republican elected, they think I can go back to sleep. And I'm just like you guys, like you said in your intro, man, we are harder on those Republicans than we are the Democrats. because We have no expectations out of the Democrats, but out of the Republicans, you better get off your butt and do what you promised to do. Exactly. So, uh yeah, you can't go to sleep when the Republicans are elected. So now we're back into a Democrat, you know, administration and people are waking up. But I think it, it goes beyond that, really, because um, I think we're past the time when people can can be a little back to sleep. I think everybody at this point, even those that used to say, I'm not political, that's your thing, Julie. Uh, they can't say that anymore. Everybody's being forced to pick sides. All the pastors now, too. I think the more we yes. to go out, like we were just at, a, I, I do these homeschool conferences uh, there's like seven of them a year. I'm doing one. Actually, that's one we're coming up in July to go speak where you're at. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I have never seen, I have never seen the hunger. As a matter of fact, um, and this is just encouragement stuff for the people out there, because I want you guys to come and ask your questions because Julie's here. Uh, and and dude, Julie, I'm serious. I'm just like so lit. <laughs> I'm like literally tearing here. Like I, I can't, uh, I just so happy uh, because I don't ever see defeat, man. I only see victory. I think Right. Um, COVID really showed us local governments. You know, it wasn't bad what happened. I think it just showed us, oh, shoot, we got to get involved. Yeah. There. 
hey, we got to do this. So it's just like the Lord's totally turning the tide for what evil is. He's turning it for good. So I love it. We were in uh, South Carolina here just recently. Um, it was Missouri, I think it was. Uh, a deaf woman. They were forcing her to wear a mask. She said, no, I read lips, so I can't do it. So she ended up threatening the, the place to sue them if they, there was no law, because there was no law, right? So she ended up winning and, you know, whatever. She's actually running for school board as a homeschool mother, a deaf woman, running for school board because she said, I have kids, but there's a lot of parents who, who don't have ability to teach their kids. Yeah, I've never seen this before. I have mm -hmm. never seen the hunger like this. I've never seen, Amen. I mean, and pastors now coming up to the table saying, I, I can't shut up now. Mm -hmm. uh, you had stories like that. So we're seeing it all over the place. Is that what really what's going on? Because I'm obviously you're seeing it, but like, I think more pastors are coming on uh, to, to the to the to the hunt here. If, if, yeah. if I'm speaking right. No, I absolutely agree. Because you know, now that we have locations all over um, the the state really um we're always looking for venues and historically we have said we will not meet in a church because inevitably somebody from that church will come to the pastor and say oh we don't want those right-wing fanatics right. in, meeting in our church and the church will kick us out so we're left stranded trying to find somewhere else to go well now the pastors are coming to us you can meet here you can meet here for free wow. and i'm just like wow thank praise god you know right but you know i gotta tell you every time they kick us like I, I totally am on board with you with the whole, there is nothing but hope right now. There's nothing but hope. Anybody who is discouraged should hear the message of hope because every time they kick us, it is a blessing in disguise. Like Washington Post just did a hit piece on us. And now they're coming out of the woodwork saying, wait, I, I agree with everything they wrote about you in Washington Post. Yeah. Yeah. And like the cancel culture tried to cancel us from three different venues on Tuesday. We had at the 11th hour, we had to find a fourth venue for our meeting on Tuesday night. And then people are coming from all over the Metroplex, which is a four county radius um, saying, I'm just showing up because they tried to cancel you and you said, no, you wouldn't <laughs> let them win. So at, at the big party we had on Saturday night, uh, you know, 500 people in that room. I'm just looking out and I'm like, oh, we started with 22 people and we have 500 people now. And there are people, I didn't even know who they were. So it, it, it's like a, a multiplier effect, right? Like I know the the 500 people that usually show up, but these are 500 new people and they all have friends, but they're all coming to me saying, wow, there's people just like me and now I have hope. Amen. And that, that word just keeps coming back. I have hope now, I have hope, you give me hope. And that's, what, that's why I'm saying you have got to meet in person. So you can be on Facebook and that's not the same as being in person. So all. I don't know if we're replacing the church or coming alongside the church, but there's nothing like community. Amen. No, I think it's just a different form of the church. And to be honest with you, because yeah. like, if you look at the John Peter Gabriel Muhlenbergs and all the old pastors that got involved in the revolution, I mean, they weren't replacing church services. They were just doing what they were called to. And they brought church to that's what that whole saying, give them Watts boys. You know, that whole saying they were taking musket wadding from hymnals, the Watts hymnals and putting them in the barrels. And that's what they'd say. Give them Watts boys. That's I mean, they literally brought church to the field. You know, that wow. Washington would be like praying with the troops and like talking about how they their conduct. Dude, he was literally talking to them about conduct and how to be conducting yourself as a professional and cussing and all these things. I mean, he had they were strict regimented people. Right. Mm -hmm. So church was going to the war. Mm -hmm. And so it's like Hebrews 11. I, I love talking about the scripture. Hebrews 11 talks about, you know, through mm -hmm. faith, they subdued nations, conquered kingdoms, all these things, uh, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the fire, darts the enemy. And then I said, made strong through the war. Mm -hmm made mighty in the battle. Yeah. Wow. So that's what it says. They were made strong in the war. They weren't strong before it. 
You know, that's that. so the hope is get in the war and that's where you find the hope. It's right. like, Lord, you called me to the war. This war was not brought on by me, but you know what? I'm not rebellious. They are. So give me the strength to go fight them because now I'm here. So that's the hope is that he can take a short little chubby Mexican kid with crooked teeth and, and do something. He could take someone like you who's you, you said you're nothing. You're nobody. Right. And do this. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like the, the point is, what can we do? You can do anything. Mm -hmm. To save America, you can do anything to save a nation. If he yeah. thought we were done, we he'd have pulled us up by now. But we're not. Right. We're all breathing right now. Right, and that's what the thing that I don't think people Christians understand is that the more they persecuted the children of Israel, the more they multiplied. Ooh, so we right. there is this is a hopeful season. The very fact that they attack you proves that they know that you're winning, that you're yes. winning today because you have the power of God. Why Gosh, would they spend dude. so much time in the media attacking the Christian, attacking the conservative? Because they know you have the power. You have the power of the That's constitution exactly and you have the power of the Holy Ghost. There's no other well, way around it. God, we have the power of the people too, honestly. There are more people that agree with us than, than you would realize. But don't you consider it, as you say all this, don't you just think like, Wow, what a privilege to be alive now. Bingo. Like, I would not have wanted to be like the child of the, the greatest generation, right? Because they had it easy. They just skated through their life. No challenge, no, no call, no passion. You know, like I just I love being alive right now. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Amen. I think too, this this actually goes to what we've been talking about for a while. I think I'm doing this message when I go there is the, the majority yeah, one. You are I, the majority. You are the majority. And this yes. is just a, just a piece of it. I, I, it's so awesome that you just said that, Julie, because my kids get to experience firsthand the move of the Spirit of God. We want our kids to know it. What a time to be alive and show them the living God. What a Who's going to take away that testimony from them when they see it in their, with their own eyes? Yeah. When they see God move the way the children of Israel did so that they always have that in remembrance that God did this, God did that. Are you crazy? Man, mom and dad couldn't do this, but God showed up and did that. Who's going to take that away from them? You want your kids to know, God, this is the time to teach them. This is the yeah. time to get into a fight. You know what I mean? That's that Vernon Johns quote. You see a good fight, get in it, man. Mm -hmm. This is it. No, this is perfect for us. I mean, I don't know if we could be any, this is so crazy. He uses the weak things of the world to confound the mighty. Mm -hmm. And we've been so dummied down as a nation and weakified, if you will, that this is a perfect opportunity for him to move. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Yeah. There's no other way to say it. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know, I'm, I'm also seeing the, um, you know, people like to give the millennials a hard time and I'm right there with them because I, I am, I'm shocked at their lifestyle and their choices and that sort of thing. But when I look at the kids that are coming into college now or the kids that are in high school right now that the, especially the ones that are being homeschooled and their patriotism and their their grasp of the constitution and what's right and wrong i again there's that hope word because i i see them coming up and i see them doing great things can i ask you actually about that that's one of the questions i kind of wanted to end with um so i remember watching i want to say it was a youtube video that you had shared of your daughter speaking at um some of it was funny and she's a brilliant yeah. speaker, um, but she <laughs> Thanks. about like how you raised her and things that she's done, you know, since you guys got involved in this movement. And um, a lot of times we hear even at our, our local church, you know, Massey's an assistant pastor and Massey, we've spoken the message there, you know, a hundred times and lots of them watch our podcast here. But we always hear like, how do I teach my, like, what do I do? My kids are, we don't have the option to homeschool. So how do I teach them? The, the constitution how do i get them intrigued like your daughter i know your daughter you always say she's an old soul which yes. is amazing. 
Um, but I just, I wanted you to speak to that, like to parents, like what would you advise parents to do to get their kids on board with, you know, what you are, what you guys are teaching? It's not rocket science. They have to be right next to you. So when we go to a rally, she's with us. When we are doing a sine wave on the street or when we're campaigning at the polls or when we're going door to door, when we're listening to speakers, when we are protesting at the Capitol, when we're speaking with our legislators in Austin, she is right next to me. She hears every word. You know, she'll hear this podcast. She, you know, you, you guys come to speak. And especially when it's people like you that can really speak to a generation that needs maybe a little bit more energy, right? <laughs> Because <laughs> you speak with such passion that they can't help but want to listen, right? That's fantastic. Get them in there and they'll get it. They'll understand it and they'll be caught because we speak truth. So it's not going to fall on deaf ears. It's it's going to resonate with them because they'll know it's truth. They'll know it in their heart and then they'll carry it with them. Wow. But wow. I would also want to say, get your kid out of school. I, I have heard every, every excuse in the book and I, I don't, 99% of them are just excuses. So get your kid out of school. I just want to encourage you. Uh, so Lisa Keller is from Michigan. Uh, okay. I spoke up there. She said maybe a true Michigan project. This <laughs> woman and her husband, yeah. um, he was actually running for Senate. I think it was and had a heart attack. Uh, so he'd been trying to run and run and run. So our friend Shane Hernandez up there ran and won. Uh, but these guys are doers, man. Yeah. And they're encouraged right now. Another one, Angela Anderton's her name. She said, I'm loving all of this. So much encouragement. We're not only fighting for our country, but we are a beacon to the rest of the world. Uh, you know, it just, th this is the kind of stuff that we're, you're doing, Julie, that your work is not just inspiring us here. You're inspiring the nation with this stuff. And I'm just so gosh, darn proud of, I mean, not that my proud of you matters, but I mean, just like, so awesome honor. to like, just honored to even talk yeah. to you. I, 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 and you may not think that's, you may think that's weird, but to me, it's like, I honor those who do like, and, mm -hmm. and I can, I'm just so honored that I could even do this. Uh, with you. And, and so it, can you tell me how we can get a hold of you guys? What What is it that we can do to kind of help support, uh, you know, stuff like that? Because I know you're getting a lot of calls, but that's okay, because you'll probably get more. Uh, and <laughs> so get ready, brace yourselves. Uh, we'll take it. We'll take any support we can get. So we have a website, truetexasproject.com. Always, always looking for people to pray for us because we are, you know, barraged by the, the negative press and, and all the naysayers. Um, but honestly, if you like, we always say we are building the army and we don't know what's coming. We don't know what we need an army for, like in what in what terms it, it could be battle. It could be actually physical battle. It could just be fighting the legislation. It could be fighting City Hall. I don't know. Uh, whatever form that word takes on, we are building the army so that we are prepared for whatever comes. And so we're doing that in Texas. And I know there are lots of states that are coming to us and saying, do it in our state, do it in our state. No, you do it in your state. And then when it comes time for us all to join up, when the time is right and we have the bandwidth and the national leadership and that sort of thing, you'll be ready. So I don't care if it's five people in your living room watching your podcast, right? They can talk. They can start building that community. They can start studying the Constitution or whatever they want to talk about. There are so many options online. Just get together in person, build those relationships, build that community, and then we'll we'll all join up when the time's right. Oh, amen! Wow! Boom! Boom. Dang! Drop the mic, Julie. We're gonna have Drop you on mic. again, but we're probably gonna be more topical next time you come on because okay. you pretty much killed this one. <laughs> but so honored to have you on, Julie. Thank you again. We'll see you very soon in July. I think July. it is. Yeah. yeah, July. I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited too, man. I'm so excited to, to see you guys. So thank you again, Julie. We'll see you soon. Okay, thanks, guys. Bye. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye. So 
in, in, in essence, what we've been doing with these, this, this series was on community. So we're going to be doing the series on how to affect your community, how to affect your state, how to affect your uh, nation, your city, uh, your county, uh, how to get involved. And this is just one example. She started, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, now I don't want to say with nothing, but like almost with nothing. Yeah, I mean, what do we do? Right. People, yeah. yeah. And, and now they're eight, nine chapters in, they're going to have 15 by the end of the year. That's something you can do. Right. Anybody can do it. Right. I think that's a, that's a thing. Um, I just had to take my earmuffs off. So just so you know, <laughs> um, but I think that's the thing is people do that too. People just, you know, like, what do we do? What do we do? It's like something, Damn it. anybody can do something, just step out and do it. And I think that's, um, you know, we had Massey said we had a number of people come up at the conventions recently and one particular gentleman, he, you know, he said, I have four daughters and I, and he's like crying at my table or at our table. I'm there. Massey's speaking at another session. And he says to me, I've had, I have four young daughters and I've always used that as, as an excuse. Like that's my ministry. I'm just supposed to focus on them and raise them. Right. And he's like, and now I'm realizing that I've always just used that as an excuse not to step out beyond my comfort zone. Ooh. And um, he's like, so now I feel like, Lord, just tell me what to do and I will do it. And he, it was, he was so broken in a powerful way. And I really believe God's going to use him, you know, somewhere in his community there. But that's the thing is that people don't understand that sometimes it is just stepping out and doing something, mm. doing something, you know? I think it is that. It's just doing one thing. I remember... So we're, we're starting off with this. I'm, I'm, we're going to talk about self-evident. We tried to do this uh, yeah. two weeks ago, yeah. but the weather really got us and we couldn't do it. So if you guys have any questions, please uh, send them down below. We'd love to, 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 to help. Uh, Angela, thank you so much for tuning in. Lisa, thank you so much for tuning in. This is awesome. So guys, we're, let's just talk about self-evident for a minute. Why we started this. Listen, yeah. I was in another ministry called Institute on the Constitution. I was one of their main instructors. I would go out and travel and speak uh, and do all that stuff with Jake McCauley, who's my bro, man, he's my uh, best friend, you know, I got saved uh, 20 years ago because of his preaching. So he, he's uh, he's just a dear friend. Uh, and so I was with him. And then um, what happened was Carrie came into my office uh, probably August time August, of yeah. 2015. Can you explain that? Do you remember any of that? Yeah, I just had been like praying. Was it 2015? Yeah, it, yeah, it was 2015. So I just been praying and um, I just felt in Aug that August of that year, that day that I was praying that God was going to call us out kind of on our own. Yeah. And that I felt like not, I mean, we love IOTC, but it was just, um, we have a different delivery. And I think everyone has their own niche in the Lord and their own anointing in the yep. Lord. And I just felt like God was calling us out and calling Massey specifically that I said, I feel like God's going to use your, like your gifting, yeah. your music, your preaching, your ministering. Um, in a different realm, the same message, the same um, heart for America and for people to see our God-given rights under the Constitution, but just in a different format and a different way. So, yeah. And so I remember I was sitting there working and I was like lost. I, I was doing because, okay. yeah, I was like, uh, OK. And then I just kept working because I, I had tours to, to set up and everything. Yeah. I remember in December time, um, we, we were we were in this clutching gas thing like we're going to clutch and gas this. We're not going to go fast right away. We're not going to, you know, you know, we're going to ease out of <laughs> IOTC and go into self ed. We're going to ease into self. It's going to be a great transition. God is so amazing. And then wham, uh, she lost her job. Not, not bad. It was just that they moved a different direction where mm -hmm. she was doing uh, with another ministry. And, <laughs> and then in December, I remember Jake called me. He's like, man, we ain't got no more money. Do we can't pay you no more. And I'm like, okay. So it wasn't that I did anything bad. We just ran out of cash. Right. And uh, we had two weeks till January, and that was my income. I remember that was it. Um, <laughs> we were like, 
Well, we got a couple tours. I think we had one in January, one in February, yeah. I think it was. And we were like, we, we can't not do them. Yeah. So we did. Like, we, we literally. Went on a self-evident. Yeah. yeah, we started self-evident at that time. Like, we just said, this is what we're going to do. We incorporated, I think it was. We yeah. went to the States and said, hey, here we are. Right. You know, we're doing business as. and uh, Yeah, so, so three weeks before the end. So it was like December, the first week of December is when we decided to start self-evident in January. And so that's kind of how that went. I just wanted to like, yeah. So, I mean, it was kind of a crazy, like our clutch and gas. We were going to, you know, Massey was going to go out for IOTC a little more. I was going to start behind the scenes working on building self-evident and that like got dashed to pieces in, in a, like a day or yes. so. And so I remember it was January. Uh, we we're ready to go out. Um, and we had nothing. We were flat broke. We didn't have any money coming in. I'm like, Lord, I got to get out to Ohio and do these tours and these speaking events. Nobody's guaranteeing us any money. I don't know what to do. I don't know how we're going to do it. All these things. I remember we had like negative dollar something, dollar eighty four. I think it was in the account, dollar eighty two. Um, and we were both like frustrated. And I remember I was out in the backyard mowing the lawn. Uh, we just paid rent. I think it was. We were like, we got no money for groceries. I don't have any gas money. Mm -hmm. And so I'm out there mowing the lawn. And at this time, I'm really mad at the Lord. I'm like, Lord, you called me to this. Why? Why is this happening? And then she runs out with this envelope and she's doing this and she's crying. And it was a $500 check. And it was from a friend of mine in Massachusetts. I'd preached there in October of 2015. And he said, I want to support you. I want to support your ministry. And I was already with IOTC. I thought he meant them, but he actually meant us and what we're doing. He had no idea that we had talked <clears throat> about starting no idea. our own thing. So yeah. he actually wrote in the comment of the, 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 like he wrote us a note and he said, you're not going to be able to retire on this, but I'm going to do this every month faithfully as best I can to help you in your mm -hmm. ministry. So we cashed that check. We bought $300 in groceries. I think I had 200 bucks in gas and we went out and did our first tour. And I'm going to tell you something. That first tour garnered, it, it was like life to me. Mm -hmm. I get to be me. I get to go out and minister. Cause when we go out and minister and preach this stuff, we do full on prayer. We do full on like asking God to move in there, you know, mm -hmm. salvations, Holy yeah. spirit endowment, uh, healings, all that stuff. Like we are really big on that stuff. And we want to minister to people. Like we want to set them free from bondage. That's mm -hmm. the whole thing. But then disciple them into the things of God, disciple them into how to, how to get involved in their community, how to get involved in their state, whatever they got to do. And so we were doing that. Uh, and, and so I think it was April, was it April or May when I was, we lost all those events and we did oh, those three, May. <laughs> it was in May. So we, we, we didn't have that much going on. We, we can made, I just go say, ahead. Can I stop here for a second? Because I think, um, sometimes that, how do I say this? When you're, when you feel called to step out in something, whether it starts some big ministry or just reach out to somebody or do something that the Lord's called us to do. Oftentimes we get caught up in the concept of this has to be perfect before I'll step out. This has to be, everything has to line up. These have to be, this is my sign will be, everything will line up perfectly and then I'll step out. And often God does it the backwards way where you step out and he meets you there because he's faithful to do it. And I think sometimes we get so caught up in holding ourselves back and not stepping out no matter yep. what it is, is because we get this, it has to be perfect. It has to line up and God's just calling you to step out. And he is who he says he is. And so like when we're stepping out and people were like, this is what we were saying before when we were talking to Julie about yeah. how people said to do us, that. this is crazy. You guys are crazy. You can't do ministry like this. You yep. can't just step out and, and live by faith. You have a family. You have, 
you have three kids, you have a house. You don't think God knows we had three boys. You don't think God Ooh. knows we needed groceries and we needed to pay the, you know, like, hello. <laughs> like, yeah. That didn't catch him yeah, off guard. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't like, Oh no, that family down there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just think sometimes that it doesn't have to be perfect. And that is the actual perfect scenario for God. A hundred percent. You know? No, I think so. So in saying that, I remember when we were talking to people, um, we told them our idea, several people we trust. We're like, Hey, this is what we're doing. I remember it was the owner of a chick, ch two Chick-fil-A's from, no, he was one of them. There was more, there was more, but like just this one specific instance, he owned two of me from Texas, the Houston area. Uh, good friend. I mean, it was, it was awesome. Christian guy. I mean, dude overcame cancer, was healed of cancer, crazy stuff. So we told him this and he was like, are, are you, are you nuts? Mm-hmm. I've seen people get divorced over this. Yeah, he was like, oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. You don't have any money now. It's going to be tough for you to do it when you're doing it by yourself, and blah, blah, blah. I was like, bro, you, I just don't, we have to do this. Mm -hmm. And I remember he said something to me that, you know, if you guys ever just, if you know Tom Brady, he's got a chip on his shoulder for being the seventh round draft pick, 199. I had this chip Matthew on my has shoulder. a man crush on Tom Brady, just I do. so you know. I do, I do. Just so everybody and knows. And if you hate me, that's on you. <laughs> so uh, Tom Brady, the man. So... <laughs> So I have the same chip on my shoulder. I had it for a long time. He said something to me that just really hit me funny. He said, prove me wrong. Prove me wrong then. And I, I remember saying this to him. I was just sitting there crying. I was like, dude, I don't want to prove you wrong. I just want to prove God right. Yeah. If he told me this, I'm going to go do it and watch him move. Right. I remember, so we were going through the first few months of this. We're barely scraping by. God miraculously was providing for our rent and all these other mm -hmm. things. I was doing side jobs. I was mm -hmm. doing, uh, uh, <laughs> on top of traveling all over the country, uh, we were, we were doing side work and then I was doing asphalting yeah. at night, late yeah. at night. So I'd be going at like 10 at night to like six in the morning doing asphalt work. That's how I was making money to go out and do the ministry stuff. So we just kept doing it. And of course people were like, bro, ministry doesn't require this kind of sacrifice. Ministry doesn't do this. And that was when Carrie brought up her point. Why is it when business owners sacrifice their whole life for their yeah. business then they become That's honorable. It is like there's like this badge of honor when you sacrifice everything for a business. When it comes to the things of God, when you sacrifice for the kingdom, oh, you must be in legalism. Exactly. Like this, there's no way God would tell you to do it this way, man. There's no way that mm -hmm. you, you know what I mean? So like yeah. it went through that. I remember, uh, so we were struggling, but we were getting through and it was like hand to mouth. And I, if you guys know me at all, I hated that for a long time. I used to really be uh, angry about it, but I'd be like, Lord, I trust, I'm trusting, I'm trusting. I remember May came by and we had like six events to do in Michigan. It was like six of them. I think it was six or seven. And I remember uh, <laughs> uh, none of them guaranteed us any cash. We're like, we're just going to go up there by faith. We're going to come preach. And I did the whole William Wallace thing. You know, as soon as I'm hitting the road, I literally did this. I rolled down the window and I'm like, freedom! like I'm going into <laughs> war. And uh, <laughs> I remember like 10 hours in, I'm calling my wife. I'm like, what am I doing? This is stupid. <laughs> What am I doing? Nobody's going to give us any money. This is crazy. Like, and then she told me, um, I have bad news. Three events canceled. <laughs> so we're going up there. I think we did. We remember different, different details. No, no. I think it was like one event. No, no, no. It no, might no. have seemed like three. No, it was three. It was three. I remember because I was supposed to do two on the Detroit side. They canceled. I remember it differently okay. than you. But I'm so anyway, I remember those events. It wasn't the ideal situation. It we'll was just... not. It's so, <laughs> so I go to the first event. I remember I slept in a truck stop parking lot, uh, got an $11 shower because God is good. Hey, those truck stop sh showers are clean. So, and then I, I got an hour and a half of sleep. I went and did the event and I remember I made a hundred bucks and I'm like, I, I'm a failure. 
I'm a failure. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how am I going to provide for the kids. I don't know. But because those events canceled, I had like a three day layover. Like I didn't need to do it. I have some dear friends in the other side of Michigan. So I was in the Detroit side. I had to go over to Holland. That's where they were. So it's about three hour drive. He's so I th- liking this post right now. Yeah. And so this is Andrew. Yeah. And so we were, we were, I said, you know what? I'm going to go see my buddy, Bob and his, and, and his young, his son, Andrew and I are like brothers. I mean, I, I love that guy so much. He's actually on our board. Uh, and he's just a dear friend, dear supporter. I, I just love his family and everything they represent. I remember when Bob was still, um, I remember I went over there and, and Bob would always do this when I would come into town. He, he keep in mind, they're, they're successful people, but he would take at least half the day to just talk to me, just, mm-hmm. Hey, come into the office. And he would just, he would take me out to di- lunch mm-hmm. or whatever. He would sit me in his office and we just have hours, hours of talking. Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing with your life? What are you doing here? What are you doing here? And all this other stuff. And he would ask me these crazy questions of like, how did you start this? And why didn't you tell me you started this? And all these other things. And I remember, dude, we had like $100. I'm like, Lord, I got, I got, I got things to do. I got. And he kept telling me, how much do you need every month to run? And that was when the waterworks started. I started crying. I'm like, I don't, I didn't come here for your money, Bob. I wanted to see Andrew. I, he's like, I know, but tell me how much you need to run on every month. I told him the figure and he, he goes, I just cut a check upstairs. I'll, I'll write it out to you guys for your month. And he said, you're going to change the world, kid. And he always told me that. He always told me that. He said, you're going to change the world, kid. You and your family are going to change the world. And I never, ever forgot that. And that check was like, I remember I called the board. I was like, guys, look at this. We're rich. You know, and it wasn't a lot for because we only needed that much for the month. And all that other stuff. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is the Lord. It's going to happen like this every time. And it didn't. Right. (laughs) But I just remember doing those events and doing them with joy and like, Lord, you're going to come through for us. You're going to keep coming through for us. Mm-hmm. And then we did Ohio so many times that year yeah. that I remember Dave Green emailed us or texted us or Facebook messaged us. And he said, I believe it, you turn. Yeah. Go ahead. He said he said to Massey, it was like at, in November of 2016, after Trump was elected, he said, I truly believe that you helped turn the swing the vote or conservative constitutional, I mean, at the time that was Trump, um, it for 2016 for going out and ministering so many times in Ohio, like that's the Lord just kept opening doors there. Gosh, dude, it we, was, were, like, we were there like six or seven times. It was crazy. It was insane. It yeah. wasn't, it wasn't just six yeah. or seven times. It was six or seven times for like a week and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So we were doing events consistently yeah. doing schools. I was going with Ricky Pepin and all these guys from IOTC, the Institute of the constitution, and they would be helping me get into schools and I'd be talking to the kids. And, uh, and so, I remember the first year was so difficult. The second year was even worse because it was like after the election, mm-hmm. events yeah. were down. Yeah, like, everyone's like, that's a funny thing that after the yeah. 2016, when Trump got elected, all these like Patriot Tea Party groups, they just like fizzled out to nothing. And it's like that you don't understand the price of freedom. You don't understand that continual vigil, vigil. What is the word? Vigilance. Yeah, vigilance. Yes, thank you. that's how we keep freedom is that you continually go. And we don't, I don't know how many groups that we spoke at in 2016 that just fizzled out to nothing in the last four years. And it's like, well, (laughs) I mean, I don't mean to point the finger, but (laughs) that's kind of how we got here in 2021. I'm just saying. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. No, you ain't bitter. Not at all. (laughs) Not at all. So, so I remember um, doing uh, the the second year was very difficult. Mm-hmm. We couldn't get any events, but we ended up doing I mean, more. We did, but yeah. yeah, but we did more colleges and schools. I think we didn't do yeah. much of that Patriot side of things. Right. Yeah. So all of a sudden 2017 comes around, right? 2017 is, is that year that we said, you know what? We're going to give up everything. 
We're going to get rid of our rental property. We're going to put everything in storage and we're going to travel the country in an RV for the summer. Because in Florida, you can live like a okay. hobo. Let me just say this. It was like January of 2017. And Massey's like, I think maybe we should look for, I think it would be cool to go on the road, like put everything, sell everything, go on the road. I think God, God put this on my heart. I'm like, the heck he did. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, let's live in a camper. Let's go travel the summer and live in, live in a camper. See, because, for a year. because down it took here, about six months for me to be like, okay, that sounds like a good plan. <laughs> and God totally provided. So, so check this out in, in Florida. They don't care if you live like a hobo, you can live in your RV. They have plots here. That's what they do. So I remember, uh, a, that guy who gave us the 500, mm -hmm. uh, at the beginning of the story, refurbished an RV, like a used yeah, so one. We were up there and just, I just have to tell the details. Because <laughs> I don't even know why I'm talking every husband and wife are like ah, they do it too <laughs> um, okay so <laughs> we were up there in december in massachusetts in december of 2016 and we were just asking him questions like okay like what what would be good for our family to go travel and minister and speak like this is where we would live you I know with our that. three boys and i'm like do we get a class c like what would be good just like tell us all you know about rv and he's like oh i have a camper like you know that's I don't even remember what year it was. It was older, but he had refurbished a lot of it. And he's like, I have a camper on the lot because he owns Majors RV, shameless plug, um, in Barnstable. Yep. No, where is it at? I don't know. Massachusetts. Um, and we're like, oh, okay. Like, great. How much would that be? He's like, oh, you can just have it. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. And he had, okay, he'd replaced yeah, a lot yeah. of things in it, the fridge it and all awesome. that stuff. Yeah. So yeah. Yes, he went and picked it up and. I remember, I remember I took over a truck. Crazy. We had a truck. So we thought it's the beginning of summer. We got rid of our rental and we thought, let's put everything in storage. We're going to hit the road. And we did. And we I remember all the, these events. Yep. So we were stoked. We're like, yes, we're, you know, again, we're taking the boys and I got this Freedom. Nissan Titan and I should have put the pictures up there, Richard. I should have done that, but I didn't. And may, many of you guys probably know the story. I remember when, oh, geez, we don't got a lot of time. We'll continue. Um, so we had put everything in storage. We started traveling. We go to Michigan. Michigan, yeah. So we did a couple of events there, mm -hmm. right? Went amazing. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. Yeah. We had to drive to Minnesota mm -hmm. in like a day. So it was like we had to get out of there, rush over because it was a Sunday that we had to be there. So yeah, I think we I did, did that event. Jesus people, yeah. Right. So we did a Friday night event or was it a Saturday day event? I can't remember. It was one of those. So we drive over to Minnesota in the Minneapolis area. We go there and we do a church and there's a storm like that's just nailing the place. We did pretty good there. Yeah. I mean, it was a great we church there at like seven in the morning for a church to start at nine or something. like yeah, that. It yeah, it was crazy. We didn't sleep very well. Yeah. So then uh, we had a little bit of time. I went to go see my younger brother. My parents live there. We stayed with them for a week. Stayed so, with them. Yeah. yeah. So then all of a sudden I see my younger brother and he says, hey, I got a word from God for you. He said, I really I said, I see the Lord bringing you through a great storm. He said, but you're going to come out and come out tenfold. You won't lose a thing. You're going to come out tenfold. And I was like, how about I pray for you? You know, like, so we, we drive, we're going towards Kansas. We're supposed to go to Texas, I think, to do those we're events. We're on our way to Texas to do some events. Right. Yes. So I'm asking you because you have the details. Yes. So we get to Kansas. This whole Wizard of Oz thing is real. <laughs> so we're driving through and there's these warning signs saying, um, what is it? 80 mile an hour winds you know, be cautious, be advised, be cautious, don't drive, or yeah. if you can pull over type thing. So we didn't, you know, we kept driving and well, we pulled over because, okay, there was a huge storm. You could see it coming like, you know, Toto type storm. <laughs> and, <laughs> and we pull over and like kind of batten down the hatches and we get back on the road and we kind of veer 
and it looks like we're going away from the storm. Well, then we turn again and we're like, bam, right in the middle. And uh, so Massey starts driving like 40 miles an hour with the hazards on. And luckily there was a cop behind us. There was. Yes. So I'm driving and sure enough, our, our RV was a sale (laughs) and uh, we flipped. We, 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 I just remember the truck being on its side. Um, and and we lost everything. I mean, mm-hmm. everything was wrecked uh, in the truck. We had our clothes that we could grab. Yeah, yeah uh, we had the boys with us. Our oldest and youngest are screaming. I mean, I think Aaron was, he was three at the time. Yeah. He was screaming. Isaiah was crying. And our middle son is like, that was awesome. Let's do it again. <laughs> so <laughs> He's a cardboard cutout of Massey. He is. So, he very much is. Handsome, debonair, dashing. <laughs> Crazy. Articulate. Uh, so we 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 flip and, and lose everything. And I remember the the cops and the firefighters are so generous. Uh, they brought our trailer to us, which actually th- what's cool about that mm-hmm. is I got to witness to one firefighter and a cop. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to witness to the Lord, uh, witness about the uh, witness to them about the Lord. Uh, and so it was really cool. So in the midst of all that, God was so gracious to us. We were at a hotel and Carrie didn't have shoes. So I felt like a loser as a husband. I didn't have anything to give her. We had to take an Uber. I'd never done that before. We did that. Um, but we lost everything. Mm-hmm. And I remember calling my mother and she told me that she said, you know, maybe you should go home and rethink your ministry. Maybe you should go home and really rethink why you're doing this. And I just remember, I don't know what came over me, but because when you're Hispanic, you don't talk back to your mom, no matter how old you are. You just don't do that because she'll whoop you. So even when you're 50. So I said to her, mom, if you get into arguments with dad, do you, do you question your marriage or do you fight for it? And she said, no, I fight for it. And I said, that's what we're going to do here. Just because I have a setback does not mean I'm stopping. Mm-hmm. Like it only kind of encourages me to keep going. Yeah. So we end up, they end up coming up and get us because we're in Kansas. As they- weird it is. Sorry, as I just want to interrupt because as weird as that sounds, if you're led by the spirit of God, you understand that that's not, that's not a deterrent to your call. Nope. It's, it's a confirmation of your call. Like the attack, the attack of the enemy. And everyone talks about like what the devil's doing and he's behind every doorknob. That doesn't scare us. That's a confirmation totally. to what we are called totally. to do. Totally. So. And I think, uh, so they come up to get us. They're, they're in Texas. So they drive up to get us. We drive back to their house for like a week mm-hmm. and we a half or something. to be there anyways for a week. Yeah, yeah, but we had to cancel a couple of events. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I remember we're there and I'm reading through James. You know, count it all, Joe, when you fall through various trials. And God's really ministering to me through it. And through a series, crazy set of circumstances, I had a car there that I had dropped off. To pick up the truck because yeah yeah it's long weird story. it's there a long a car story there for us. there's a car there for us which is a, a hoopty this thing does not <laughs> run well right we have to go to massachusetts from texas so we're like hop in baby so we got into that thing we're driving it breaks down in ohio in hyannis massachusetts for the july 2nd service massey was supposed to pe- preach about the constitution and our freedoms <laughs> july 2nd and uh so we're on our way it breaks down in ohio we had to stay in a, ho- in a hotel we got in we're in Massachusetts at this point. It took a day, like a day and a half or something like that. A hot minute. It took a hot minute. So we're getting there and it will not go past 50 miles an hour. This car is so bad. It will not drive past 50 miles an hour. So then it's, I'm going downhill and this thing's racing, right? I'm like, well, you know, I'm, I'm mad. I'm just, you know, you guys ever see the Incredibles, the, the big dad in that short car? I'm like this. I'm all mad and ornery. And Carrie looks at me and what did she say? I said, well, it drives down night <laughs> I can't even. She goes, it drives, it drives drives nice downhill. (laughs) Yes. uh, So, (laughs) so needless to say, again, we got like two hours of sleep. I think that night 
We show up at the church. Our car is leaking oil like crazy. I feel like an idiot. We show up. There's 20 people in this church. Keep in mind, can you tell them what Nathan said to us before? Okay, so we were in Texas the week before we got to Massachusetts, and our middle son, Nathan, who is I like Massey, is super creative and super like loves to draw on all the creative things. And so he wrote, drew something on a piece of paper, and it was the number 10,000. And he said, how much, what is this number, mom? Well, how much is this? And I said, that, that's 10,000. And he said, that's how much daddy's going to get. And I was like, go tell dad. <laughs> I was like, okay, go tell dad. And I remember I looked at him and I'm like, I received it. Yeah. I receive it. And uh, so we get there and there's literally 25 people. Small, little, small. Little church. Of God church. And, and I don't know what came over me. I'm just like, Lord, I can't do this anymore, man. I can't do this. Like, what is going on? Like, we need people like to help this ministry and we're praying and uh, you know, I called my pastor. I'm like, dude, like, I don't know. Am I supposed to do this anymore? I don't know what to do. Uh, and so we, we, we show up and we preach and usually their services go till like noon or something. Mm -hmm. We were there till like two thirty, three o'clock. I think it was ministering to people mm -hmm. ministering the whole time. So like we were doing things that they were praying for. They were like praying about the gifts of the spirit and yeah. healings and prophecy and things like that. So we were speaking into people's lives and praying over people and stuff. It was really cool. And a lady had just sold her house and tithe to us off of her house sale to the ministry. Mm -hmm. So the pastor rounds us up and he goes, how much did you tell me y'all were asking like for, for, your, for a, a, another truck? I said, we need about $10,000. He goes, he said, open that. Are you going to start crying? Yeah, I'm going to start crying too. It was an offering for 20 people for $10,000. Yeah. And can I just back up and say that he, uh, Pastor Steve, he, Howley, he had been, he, so we went to his house that, Sunday and spent the afternoon with them. And he said, I have been praying for, I don't even know how long months, years for a genuine move of the spirit of God. He's like, I remember growing up in a spirit filled church and you know, you get the, the crazies who always talk about the spirit. He, and he told this one particular story and it so moved me. And I've told this story, you know, a number of different times. He said, we had an old preacher, like an old, you know, 70, 80 year old man. It was like some revival conference. And they're up at the altar, you know, during praise and worship time. And this group of people is trying to cast out this demon from this person. And he said, the old guy, the 80 year old guy is sitting in the chair like this and just watching this happen. And uh, this was a preacher and he was going to talk about basically the spirit of God. And he's sitting there watching it and they're going to town praying for this person. And this person is going crazy. And he just, and finally he gets up and he's like, get out. <laughs> And like it changed the room. And he's like, I have never seen a genuine move of the spirit of God except for that moment. And he'd been praying for someone to come in and minister to his congregation with a gen like genuinely let God move on his congregation. And he said basically that he felt like God brought us there and that we were like, God used us as an answer to his prayers. And so and like, and vice versa, obviously God used them to answer our prayers. But it was just a one of the top 10 powerful. Totally times we've ever been a part of and been able to you know opportunity to be a part of so five years later here we are yeah. you know doing this we've grown into a podcast we've grown into schools uh colleges we're now doing curriculums we're doing all these things why did we say that specific story and I, you guys heard i got angry i got frustrated i got i was literally telling god calling my pastor why am i doing this why am i doing this because he will not use those that are perfect he won't because those perfect people when they do it their way they get the glory I'm telling you that God gets the glory every single time you submit to him. I don't care how mad you get. I don't care how frustrated you get. Mm -hmm. I don't care what goes on. I don't care if you think you're defeated. You are not defeated when God has called you to it. Now, listen to me. 
this is one thing I'm going to leave you with because it's never been about numbers. It never yeah. has with this ministry. Yep. Uh, we've done events. No yeah. kid, no lie. I showed up to an event with three people, three. And dude, I preached just as hard as when I preached to a thousand, like none of that changes. Cause it's not about the people. It's not mm -hmm. about the amount I should say. I remember one of those people ran for city council and won mm -hmm. out of those three people. I think it was. Right. And like, you're thinking, it's it's about and everybody we would tell we had three people but this person did this and they're like you went to an event with three people what are you stupid that's ridiculous yeah. you're wasting your time you're like that's not even worth your time are you kidding me those three people literally changed something in that yeah. city that is actually the number one thing that we <clears throat> people give us advice on you can't massey can't be doing these events for 10 15 20 people anymore well yeah i want him to speak to thousands too but our heart has been lord we will go wherever you open the door we, when we first moved to Florida, somebody told us a story about, um, a church here. That's a prominent church down in South Florida here. Um, and they started out with 70 people in for five, six, seven years in the pastor's living room. And he told a story about how he got called to the hospital. You know, it's back when pastors made hospital visits and he had to borrow a truck because his, like he had quit his job to start this church, felt God called him to start this church, right? So broke because I running 70 people for like seven years and they're not prospering at all. He had to borrow a truck because his was broken down. The truck was like, you know, the old bottom was rusted out because it was like an old truck. He drives over a puddle, splashes all up on his suit. Yeah, and he mud said and everything. It, yeah, mud, everything. And he said it broke him in that moment and said, Lord, I will do this because you've called me to do it. And if I run 70 people for the rest of my life, I will continue to do what you've called me to do. And it was from that moment on that God just birthed, a, you know, like they're one of the largest churches in the nation now and um, doing amazing, powerful stuff for the kingdom. And that's the thing. It's like, we all have these visions of like, I have to speak to millions. I have to speak to masses. Why are you letting Massey go out and speak to 30 people? I don't know because that's how the Lord called it. Okay. That's just it's... what the Lord called us to do. There's this, sorry, I have one last story. No, do it. I'm... There's um, the same pastor actually told us a story about um, a gentleman who felt called to street preach. He quit his job, started a ministry and went street mm. preaching. There was literally on his deathbed, there was one record of a salvation out of his entire years of ministering on the streets and street preaching and praying for people on the streets. He had one person, a record of one person got saved. That same person was the guy who ministered to D.L. Moody and D.L. Moody got saved. And if you guys know anything about D.L. Moody, if you don't look him up, he has influenced millions of people through his ministry. God has used him so powerfully, but it was because one person felt called to street preach, quit his job, ministered to one person. One person got saved out of his, out of one re ministry, recorded yeah. person out of his entire ministry. And that person ministered to D.L. Moody and got, you know, God used that person to minister to him and get him saved. And so that's the thing, like you never know who God's calling you to speak to. So there, that's my point. And we've done events that that have been amazing, like huge yeah, ones. Yeah. We've been a part of some big events. Yeah. Speaking on the Capitol has probably been a highlight at the D.C. Mm -hmm. Speaking on the Capitol steps is probably the highlight for me, for you. Yeah. Uh, but remember that same trip, we went down to North Carolina and they said, hey, do you need something to put your Bible on? And they gave me a barrel. <laughs> and it was in the backwoods yeah. yeah. that, that I preached. And it was like 30, 40 people gathering around. I just like that was probably the best event I ever did. Mm -hmm. Because they were hungry for Christ, man. Right. 
And it was like, it was a camp. It was like mm -hmm. a three day camp and everybody had their campers and RVs and we we're out in the, in the field. Right. And, and I'm preaching from a, from a right. barrel. Right. You know, my well, Bible's sitting thing, there. Like, the like revolution that's revolution wasn't like this beautiful, like well thought out planned. No. Get yourself, you know, a Facebook page and a marketing plan and we're going to win the war for the revolution. It was like farmers. And I mean, yeah, it's, I just think sometimes we get so boxed in how ministry should look. And God's like, it doesn't work like that always. Exactly. So, and, yeah. and so with all that to say, that's just a piece of how self-evident started again. Mm -hmm. Now we're working on different things, curriculums that we're going to homeschool yeah. our kids because we have them in a really cool uh, Christian school that uses homeschool curriculum. But now that we're going on the road so much yeah, and being at church because uh, I'm an assistant pastor there too. Uh, I just want to spend more time with the boys. So we need to have them home as much as possible. And they're smart already. Mm -hmm. So I don't really, you know, and don't before you tell me they're not uh, most people listening to us probably homeschool their kids. Praise God. But I just want to raise my kids. And if if all I'm doing is ministering to people. They got to go to bed at 7.30. What's the point? So um, we can't stop what we're doing. The kids know why I do it. My kids are with me to do it. Uh, one of our kids starts working for us here real soon. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's just all this stuff going on that, that we just didn't know we were going to do. We, like, yeah. we never set out to do any of this stuff. Yeah. A lot of people are like, you should be on Fox News. You should be on this. Why should I? Why? What's the point? She always says you should be on, <laughs> I'll be on Fox News. Right. But like, I don't care. Like, none of <laughs> that me. stuff was like the vision. The vision is reaching souls. Yeah. Yeah. And so if he can use us and guys – like Julie said, I'm a nobody. That's it. Just stepping out and just doing stepping out and do. doing it and yeah. watch God move, man. Yeah. Which brought us to this church, Revive Church, mm -hmm. where we show up. And I have no clue what he saw. But like, he's like, hey, I think you should pastor the young adults. I think you should pastor the band because I was in a band for 30 years. Uh, you know, stuff like that. And I started that. And I'm the assistant pastor there. Like, Pastor yeah. Todd, like, I, just they don't know what they've done for my family. Like, mm -hmm. they just don't know yeah. how, how they've helped mm -hmm. us and the covering we have for the ministry because mm -hmm. of our church. Uh, stuff like that. There's so much, man, that that like God has done and he can do all of that through you too. Mm -hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? And so like, that's my word of encouragement. It's like, I know, I know, I know every one of you can do something, whether it's a homeschool, whether it's whatever, whether it's going out and, and reaching the masses, whether going out and just street preaching to your neighbors. Mm -hmm. We all have neighbors that have never heard the gospel, you know, stuff like that. Something, you know, <laughs> getting involved in the city government, or, or starting a, tr a true New York project, whatever, you know what I mean? Something, mm -hmm. you can do something to impact someone else's life. Because the bottom line is this, Jack Taylor just died. Dude was like 86 or something like that, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And the one thing I keep thinking about is that dude has a legacy. People were literally discipled by this mm -hmm. guy. People all over the world, big ministers yeah. were discipled by this dude. Like influential guy came to our church, spoke to me. Like, I mean, I'm just like, dude, this is crazy what God's done, right? Legacy. What are we leaving our kids? Yeah. It was a Dietrich Bonhoeffer that said the ultimate test of a moral society is the kind of world that it leaves to its children. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and guys, I know I see the cool homeschool post. Amen. Uh, not that we were against it. We were just, Carrie's not a good teacher. She said it. I'm not a good teacher. So we're like, eh, well, you know what? God's faithful, right? So if I can do a ministry, why can't I homeschool the kids? So that's why we did it. But the schools we've been to, the schools yeah. that we had yeah. them in were a Becca curriculum and yeah. All stuff was really cool. But yes, thank you so much for the prayers. Thank you so much for the amens. Uh, guys, I just want to uh, like leave you with this. Everybody can do something. And yep. what you're called to is what God has called you to do. And if it's impossible, that is exactly what God is calling you to do. When it's something you can't even think about doing, when you're like, oh my gosh, I don't even know if I can. That's it. Yep. Because it's do on that. your heart and you have a passion for it. But you're like, there's no way 
I know there is no way. Let him move so that you can see those ways parted. You start praying to the Lord to make crooked places straight. You start praying to the God to make streams in the desert, like he said in Isaiah 43, mm -hmm. so he could bless your way, so you could see, th see him. Amen. Make a way in the wilderness. All those things, right? So this is for you. So we've got just a little bit of house cleaning to do at the end. You want to talk about the shirts and the product? Uh, bro, you ready with those slides? Oh, oh okay. I don't know what we're Real quick. Uh, so, yeah, we have a whole kind of an apparel line that we've started. Um, we never intended to have an apparel line, but we have figured out, obviously through the leading of the Lord, that uh, it is a great avenue to minister and get a message out there. So we have... Talk about the Bucky's thing quick. Okay. So um, just if you go to 1776truth.store, 1776truth.store, we have a whole bunch of shirts, a hat, you know, and sweatshirts. You put that up, buddy? Yeah. Um, Boom, there you go. No, that's so, the torchbearer. But if you want to support us monthly, that's torchbearer too. The the shirts and the shirts, the t-shirts, we don't have those up. Never mind. Okay, well, 1776truth.store. But um so we went to on our way to Ohio, we stopped at a restaurant or a gas station called Bucky's, which is an amusement park basically at, for a gas station. And um where I'm just walking around wandering around and I had I was wearing this sweatshirt. So it's a socialism steals kills and destroys sound familiar <laughs> i had literally like three different people stop me and like where did you get that shirt or i love that shirt and um so literally it's like we're literally a walking billboard and so that's really why Legit. we started it started out with our um really our first shirt that really kind of went was the make america constitutional again which was a hat um and so that's kind of how it started so get yourself a yeah, we've got tons of different designs. We've got yeah. We the People sweatshirts, socialism. we got some new ones coming out, too. Oh, so. my gosh. I can't yeah. wait. You guys are going to see the newest one. Oh, I'm so excited. Richard, actually, here is going to be working on the design. Uh, I'm really excited. It's actually from Second Chronicles. You'll know. Uh, it's going to be a totally awesome design. Mm -hmm. uh, and we want to keep doing this because people – I get stopped a lot. I was just in Best Buy with one of these shirts, and a, 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 a veteran, I think it was, came up to me, and he was like, oh, my gosh, man. Like, that is so – like, mm -hmm. I, I wish people would know that message. And I'm like – but people don't say anything. I said, dude, you don't even have to say anything. You just yeah. wear it. Yeah. You don't need to say anything. You That's just right. wear it and watch people react to it. Get into a debate with people. You want to open the door? Do something like this. And they'll be like, oh, I don't agree with you. Why not? Let's talk. That's yeah. the best way to do it. So we have the shirts. We have the t-shirts. We have the switch. Uh, uh, Sarah just said, Sarah Ferguson, uh, Faf, is that how you say it? Faf? I hope you said it. She said, my 16-year-old has the hat and wears it everywhere. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I needed to hear this today. Thank you, Lord, she said. Uh, so we have that, but we also have the Torchbearer program. You guys want to be a part? You do that. Yeah. So the Torchbearer program. Now you can put it on. <laughs> our, the Torchbearer program is our monthly support base. And um, I kind of just say the same thing every time because there is really no way of getting around it, no way of saying it any better. And it's that our monthly support base is really how we continue to do what we do. It is our biggest need to build our monthly support you put those base. those slides up. Um, so people donate anywhere from like 20, 25, 50, hundred, whatever kind of where you feel led to donate on a monthly basis. And it really helps us continue to do what we do. It helps us travel freely. It helps us print our materials. Um, we're working on a constitution course and just all the avenues we have going on. It just helps that stay sustained. So if you would prayerfully consider becoming yeah. a monthly sponsor, you can go to our website and sign up. Which is seven? I'm sorry. Which is theselfevidenttruth.com, theselfevidenttruth.com, or you can reach out to us through our Facebook. Many of you have our phone numbers. You can call us, and we'll get you signed up. And we just—I mean, there's no other way to say that we sincerely appreciate the support 
And sometimes that saying thank you just never feels like enough. Never. But we truly do appreciate it. So. Yep. So once again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Next week, we're going to have another guest. And this one's actually going to be about your schools. How can you get involved in your schools? Again, this is a series on Be the Majority. And we're going to show you how you can get involved. Today was Julie. We'll have her on again in the future to kind of tell us what the update is. Yeah. Next week's going to be an awesome guest as well. How you can get involved in the schools, what you can do to be a light in that avenue. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Again, go to theselfevidenttruth.com for more information. Thank you so much for subscribing, for sharing these videos. We love you guys so much. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Bye.